what Columbia looks like. This is what Columbia looks like. The best place for Columbia College news. I'll give my life for this cause, and I will die for this cause. Covering the stories Chicagoans care about. They're calling for one Chicago. Shut down, they shut down. This is Chronicle Headlines. Welcome into this week's Thanksgiving-themed episode of Chronicle Headlines. Kick back your feet, because we got nothing but 30 minutes of Thanksgiving-themed segments. Later on in the show, we'll be talking with a barefoot Hawaiian dancer who will be in the Uncle Dan's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then we'll explore what it's like to eat Thanksgiving dinner when you have a dietary restriction. But first, if you are dining alone on Thanksgiving, there are options for you to be out and about. Certain restaurants across the city are serving Thanksgiving meals, such as Ann Sather at 315 North LaSalle Drive, Cherry Circle Room at 12 South Michigan Avenue, or Benny's Chop House at 444 North Wabash Avenue, just to name a few. Restaurants may charge between $20 to $90 plus for a meal, but you can find more cost-effective meals. The 4th Presbyterian Church at 126 East Chestnut Street, who will have options for adult tickets at $17. You must register for a seat, and seats fill up fast. But I've even heard that uh, some teachers are offering up their houses to students who may have uh, no other plans. Moving on now, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission wants you to be safe this Thanksgiving and not burn down your house when you're cooking the turkey. For those who insist on deep frying the turkey, the CPSC recommends frying the turkey outside and at a safe distance from your house, meaning you should never use a turkey fire in the garage or on your porch. Completely thaw and dry the turkey before cooking. Do not overfill the oil in the turkey fryer, and if the oil does begin to smoke, immediately turn off the gas and never leave the turkey fire unattended. More cooking fires happen on Thanksgiving than any other day. And a few of our reporters were able to take to the streets and ask three questions. Uh, the first one being, what are you doing for this Thanksgiving? I'm having my family over at my house. We do it every year. I'm hoping that I can get my family and my girlfriend's family together for the very first time. Well, we play board games and then we have a big meal. I am going home to Nashville, Tennessee. I'm so excited. I'm actually going home with my girlfriend. She lives in Southern Illinois, and I'm, it's like my first Thanksgiving with her family. Uh, honestly, I just want to eat and be with people that I love. I would like to welcome in Kat Josen Harvey, who is one of the barefoot Hawaiian dancers in this year's Uncle Dan's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which can be seen on WGN and is celebrating its 85th year. Kat got her start with the group six years ago and will be marching in her sixth Thanksgiving Day Parade. Kat, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well, thanks. Yes. Mahalo for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm uh, really happy that you were able to get down, but... I guess I kind of got to know, because I know nothing about barefoot Hawaiian dancing. How did you get your start with the group, and you know, how did everything kind of come together? Yeah, so uh, I actually got started with the group six years ago after a trip to Hawaii, mm -hmm. where I just fell in love with the culture and uh, particularly the hula dancing. And I came home and literally Googled hula dancing in Chicago. And uh, the Barefoot Hawaiian Dance School came up. Um, and uh, I joined classes that fall and have not left since. So what exactly is, I mean, I know it's a, a radio medium, so it's kind of hard to show what the dancing is, but if you could sum it up in a sentence or two, what exactly is Barefoot Hawaiian dancing? Sure. So um, it, it's uh, hula dancing. So uh, primarily we do Hawaiian hula dancing, but we also dance um, 
uh, numbers from a number of different Polynesian uh, islands. But uh, if I were to sum up hula dancing, um, the real key to hula dancing is the fact that every dancer is telling you a story through her hands. So Mm -hmm. yes, our feet are moving, and yes, our hips are moving in particular, but um, a hula dancer is always telling you a story uh, through the motions in her hands, and it can be a story about the islands or about the ocean or uh, about past presences in Hawaii or whatever it may be. She's telling you a story. Okay, and then looking more at the parade itself, the weather forecast for Thanksgiving is a high of 45 and a low of 37. So what exactly is the wardrobe going to look like? And most importantly, will everyone be barefoot? So, yes. Yeah, so uh, as far as our wardrobe is concerned, we do wear traditional costumes, which are not usually uh, warm enough for Chicago Thanksgiving days. So what we do is we we like our uh, warm layers underneath and then we put our costuming over the warm layers just to be able to still wear the traditional costumes of Hawaii, but um, to be able to still be. Uh, warm enough to walk in the parade. So we, uh, I feel like 45 degrees is actually pretty warm for us. I think just in past parades, I've definitely been in past parades where it has been in the teens. So that's pretty nice. And then as far as barefoot dancing, the ones that are brave enough to go barefoot through the parade all the way down State Street are our fire dancers. So we have fire dancers who are um, Barefoot, often shirtless, and spinning fire down State Street. And they're just they're just cool with it, huh? They are cool with it. Teens, forty fives, they're like, you know what? I got the fire. Exactly. Just, oh, okay. Well, ooh, I, I don't know if I'm really suited for that life. So I'll leave the the dancing to you guys. But then, what's it like dancing in the parade? It, it's not marching; it's more dancing. Is that right? That's correct. So we have a large group this year. Uh, we've got about seventy-five people coming this year, and it is a mix of people who will be marching and dancing. So some of our littlest um, group members of the school, our keiki or our children, they will be marching for the most mm-hmm. part, along with some of our other people in the group. But our dancers, our professional dancers, will be dancing down. State Street, and um, it's just a matter of moving our hips and moving our hands and smiling and uh, walking while we're while we're dancing. <laughs> so I, I mean, in the first parade, you've got five under your belt. This being your sixth, you've probably got the rhythm down. But the first time you did it, was it any sort of struggle to try and keep up, or because the parade kind of stops and it starts and it stops and it starts? Did that cause you any problems the first time around? I do feel like it was a challenge to get the the speed down correctly because one of the things that you know you're really excited about when you're dancing is you really want to kind of give it your all and then you get halfway down State Street and realize, Oof, my hips are tired. I got to get all the way down <laughs> to the end of the street. So yes, but we we keep the pace too of our drummers. So we have live drummers who uh, ride in a vehicle before us, and whatever speed they put on that, uh, they play on that drum is what we're dancing to. And they're not being mean, just smacking the drum really fast. They got a nice steady beat. <laughs> they do have a nice steady beat for us. Although um, the dance of the island of Tahiti in particular is uh, known to be a competition between the dancer and the drummer. So I think our drummers are nice enough though to know that we got to make. It all the way down the parade route. And when you say it's a competition, in terms of, of what? Is it speed or, or how, how is it a competition? It's speed. It's uh, accuracy to you keeping uh, your dance to the beat. It's as long as you can dance. Who can 
who can outperform the other because for drummers too i mean they're drumming on uh logs basically hollowed out logs so their hands are getting tired so it's who can really beat out the other person in performing i got one or two non-hawaiian barefoot or dancer related questions if you could pick any other float group job you know anything associated with the parade whether that's holding a balloon or driving one of the floats what would it be and why are you feeling that Gosh, well, I would say I would love to uh, be able to be a handler of one of the large inflatable balloons, just because I can't imagine there's that many people that can say that they've done that in Chicago, and I would love to say I've I've done that. But is there any balloon in particular? I'm sort of a Snoopy gal, so anytime Snoopy or the Peanuts gang comes down the route, I'm really excited. Any one of them, you'll hop on it, but um, without revealing too much... Uh, what should we expect from your group in this year's parade? So, uh, as I said before, we've got a big group, about 75 people coming, so you can expect a lot of aloha spirit, a lot of people welcoming everybody and uh, and saying aloha, and then having our professional dancers shaking shaking it down the parade route. And then, as always, our fire dancers. We've got several of our fire dancers there. They're always uh, so exciting, and it's really thrilling for us to hear the crowd get so excited by the fire dancers who come at the, come at the end of our group there. We prepare different dances to the professional group that's doing hula dancing or Tahitian dancing or whatever we are doing that year. We have set routines that we do some years. Sometimes, again, we are following along what the drummers are doing and doing coordinated movements movements to the drummers. But the fire dancers actually choreograph uh, their movement uh, the day of the parade, and they do it all the way down the route because they do have to account for wind and all of that. So they, they have to factor in where their flames are going, and that's going to affect how they move and dance down the parade route. Okay, and then uh, some of the dances that may be planned for the uh, the Thanksgiving Day Parade, which one are you most excited to uh, to do? So it might sound a little cheesy, but uh, I'm a big fan of the Hawaiian holiday song, uh, Mele Kaliki Maka. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, that is always just a fun song um, to dance to and everybody kind of, you know, recognizes and knows it. But again, I, I think this year we might be dancing to live drummers, so which is always mm. fun just to kind of move to the beat. I'm, I'm sort of a, I like beat and tempo. And so I'm, I find it really fun to just keep up with our drummers and, and dance to whatever they're drumming for us. Yeah, and then if they want to see what a Barefoot Hawaiian looks like before the parade, is there any website or social media they should be on the lookout for? Sure. We have our website, barefoothawaiian.com. And there you can see pictures of our group uh, through all different seasons. And then you can also see information about our classes and about our shop. So our studio does have a classroom, but also it has uh, a shop where you can buy, you know, all of your aloha shirts and your lays and all the good stuff that you want for your luau at home. Kat, again, thank you for coming in today. And the Barefoot Hawaiian Dancers celebrating 20 years in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. You can catch that on WGN. But uh, Kat, thanks for coming in today. Great. Thank you. What is your favorite dish at Thanksgiving? Ooh, mashed potatoes. Deep fried turkey. Best thing I've ever had in my life. So we usually do like the typical route, like tamales. We'll make some other things like pozole. So last year we had tamales and that's the plan for this year as well. Probably mashed potatoes or mac and cheese. Uh, I don't really have one. I don't have a lot of favorites for things. Nothing? No. Okay. Ooh, I mean, I love the turkey, uh, but I gotta go with, uh, we do this um, like sweet potato 
mashed up. Do you think I'm, you know what I'm talking about with like pecans and stuff? Yeah, it's real good. We have had turkey in the past and like nobody really ate it. <laughs> so I've been dying to have some mac and cheese. If I don't have any mac and cheese, I'm probably gonna fight someone. Let's see here. Turkey, milk, bread, canola oil. Anything else? Wait. Can everyone eat these foods? And am I inviting someone to the dinner who has dietary restrictions? I know who to call to answer these questions. Hey Christina, it's Blaze. Considering that you are a nurse therapy practitioner and do follow a paleo diet, do you mind if I ask you some questions about dining at Thanksgiving? Yeah, hi, Blaze. I am happy to answer any questions you might have. Hey, awesome. So my first question is how common are dietary restrictions? They are definitely growing nowadays, so more and more people are finding that they are intolerant to dairy and gluten are probably the most common ones. I think a lot of people are also finding that they're a little more sensitive to different types of sugars. So those are just a few of the, the most common food allergies I see in practice, um, and sometimes that can conflict with what's traditionally served at Thanksgiving. I'm even seeing here the Food Allergy Research and Education's website estimates there are up to 15 million Americans who have food allergies, including 5.9 million people under the age of 18. About 30% of children with food allergies are allergic to more than one food item. What could happen to people who eat foods they're not supposed to? Some of the things that I commonly see, first of all, would be digestive upset, bloating, stomach pains, um, constipation, diarrhea. I also see skin irritation, so sometimes people will break out in some type of rash or hive or even acne the next day. Um, also, sometimes do get people. Sometimes people do get physically ill. Um, so they might throw up if they eat something they're intolerant to. Um, those are probably some of the most common ones. Sometimes it can be immediate. Sometimes it doesn't show up for 24 to 72 hours. Other times it can last a week or even for a few weeks or just for a few days. It really just depends on the person and how sensitive they are. Autumn Stephenson, a senior broadcast radio major, is one of the 15 million Americans who has dietary restrictions. Stephenson has anaphylaxis to milk and milk byproducts, including eggs, and I was able to ask her, what's it like eating Thanksgiving dinner? It's actually really, really hard. Like, when my grandma's actually cooking the meals, I can't be in the house. So if she's making, like, mac and cheese, my brain will think I ate it if I smell it, and I'll go into anaphylactic shock, and I'll start wheezing, and I'll die. Christina, I got one final question. How hard is it for me to make alternative food options for people during Thanksgiving? Most people probably overthink it and they think it might be harder than it is. It's really not difficult at all to make completely, you know, paleo-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, or even vegan vegetarian options depending on somebody's food preferences. I always recommend keeping things simple. And, I mean, there are so many great vegetables, vegetables, healthy fats like olive oil, avocado oil, Sticking with those are usually pretty safe. To learn a little bit more about eating Thanksgiving dinner, I'd like to bring in Sammy Conrad, the Chronicles creative director, into the studio. Um, so, Sammy, you also follow a paleo diet, is that correct? Yes, it is. What is that? So, paleo is um, avoiding gluten, dairy, refined sugars, soy, actually all grains, not just gluten. Um, 
and most cooking oils besides coconut, avocado, and olive oil. When you sit down at a Thanksgiving table, how much of the table would you say you could eat, if that makes sense? Yeah, so I do eat meat, um, so I am able to eat the turkey, um, but a lot of the other options have things like dairy and gluten in them, um, and a lot of the cooking oils aren't the ones that I usually consume. I will loosen up on paleo around the holidays, but I really like to bring my own dishes and cook for my whole family, so that way we can all eat some of the things like vegetables and things like that. Yeah, I know, and then I also kind of wondered, you know, some people can choose what they eat, some people can't, like um, in food shelters or food depositories, so I actually reached out to the Greater Chicago Food Depository to see what their Thanksgiving experience was like, so to speak, and uh, Jessica Link got back to me, and she mentioned that giving usually increases around this time. It is some of the more typical, like turkey and corn and this and that, but they do see a wide variety of everything, so they make sure that everyone can eat. When people donate money to the food depository, we use that money to purchase produce, dairy, stuff that we're not able to um, have donated. So we're able to use donated money to purchase produce and a variety of other food to make sure that we always have access to healthy, nutritious food. Our food pantry clients are able to actually basically shop for whatever they want. So if they don't want peanut butter, they don't have to take peanut butter. If they're allergic to meat, they don't need to take meat. If they eat a certain kind of meat, depending on their religious views, do that as well. Again, that was Jess Link, who is a public relations specialist at the Greater Chicago Food Depository. And we've been talking about how to avoid eating some of these meals and how to make sure you're not eating this or that if you're allergic to it. And from talking to a couple people, they mentioned that communication and talking with your family or whoever you're eating dinner with is perhaps the most important thing to do around this time of year to make sure that you don't find yourself in an odd situation. I don't happen to have any restrictions, so I've never had this conversation, but Sammy, considering you are paleo, what were these conversations like when you first had to tell your family, like, hey, I'm not going to eat these and we have to think of something else? Yeah, so I think especially if you start eating this way at an older age or whenever you start um, decide that your family is kind of confused because maybe when you were a kid you used to eat all of the things and I've heard from a couple other people that maybe their family was a little bit judgmental or just kind of non-accepting. I think the best thing to do is really just explain why you're doing it. I think people are more likely to be judgmental about something when they don't know a lot about it. Um, and really just go on like normal Thanksgiving. You don't have to make a big deal about it. Um, one of my biggest tips would be to bring your own dish. So cook something that you all can eat and that everyone finds appetizing. That way you can kind of show them how you eat and that it can actually taste good as well. Well, what would that include? What is it? Are you bringing your own dish to this Thanksgiving. I am. Yeah. What are? Do you know what you're bringing? If you do, or what you bring in past years? Yeah. So I usually bring some sort of vegetable dish, just because that's one of my favorite things to eat. So I'll make I'll roast some Brussels sprouts with squash and pomegranate seeds, kind of like a festive Thanksgiving dish. And then I usually also bring a gluten-free dessert because gluten-free desserts are can actually be super yummy, and you don't even have to tell your family that it's gluten-free, and usually they do not notice. Have you kept that kind of on the down low in the past, and you just said, hey, I brought dessert? 
now they usually know if I'm bringing something that it is like paleo or gluten-free, but a lot of my family has admitted that it tastes very good. And then I think we've mentioned substitutes or things like that, and we're talking a lot about vegetables, but say you're cooking dinner for someone else and you have no idea where to start. Where should they kind of begin? What are some major things, or if they're paleo or gluten-free, that they should try and take out? I think even substituting, if someone is just gluten-free, um, regular bread for gluten-free bread with the stuffing can taste really good. And there's so many options now in 2018. Um, there's gluten-free pies, gluten-free stuffings, things like that, um, accessible at pretty much all the grocery stores. It's so easy now to also just Google like um, recipes and it's basically just using like an almond flour or coconut flour instead of a regular flour if you're baking and then you can substitute the dairy for an almond milk or coconut milk, things like that. And it usually tastes pretty similar. But since I did start eating this way, I have so much better focus. I All my digestive issues are pretty much resolved um, and I just feel really, really great and productive. I usually describe it as like those Claritin commercials on TV when like oh they take the Claritin and then the whole commercial like goes into color. I feel like that's how I felt when I stopped eating gluten, so. Okay, well, Sammy, I think we've covered about anything. Is there anything else we're missing here? I don't think so. Okay, well, thanks for coming on today. Thank you. Are there any traditions that your family does that you're looking forward to? We used to go Black Friday shopping and then we realized that people will kill you for a PlayStation, so we kind of stopped. We always go out to Black Friday just to make fun of all the people that are there. Usually play board games Thursday night, but that's about it. So for us, Thanksgiving is like a part, a huge party day. So actually we have dinner and then like the rest of the night we just like party. So it's just like a lot of dancing and games and just like, just like a huge house party kind of thing, but with family. I think it's more, more of a stuffing that's more of like a, more of a traditional thing. Cause I know I don't have the recipe. They still won't give me the recipe. So the recipe, is it handed down from generation to generation? Uh, typically. So I'm not at the, I guess it's like at a certain age that they'll actually give us the recipe. We are almost out of time on today's episode, so I figured it'd be best to uh, send us off by bringing in the people who helped me create this week's episode and embarrass them. So I'm going to welcome in Zach Jackson and Miranda Manier into the studio, and I have some trivia questions here for you. Oh boy. Thanksgiving themed. So thanks for the help. Uh-huh. This was a... <laughs> This is all original reporting here on the podcast, so it's a lot of calling, this, that, and the other, but enough fun and, and thankfulness. I figure we got five questions. I hope you get all five wrong. That is unlikely, Thanks, though. Thanks, Blaze. Because some are not that bad, and it's all multiple choice. So They're multiple all choice, right. okay. Yeah, right. I like that. So that makes it a lot yeah. easier. Yeah, you can <laughs> guess. But uh, let, let's test your mental ability here with the first question. When was the first Thanksgiving? Our options here are 1621, 1622, 1703, and I thought I'd start us off easy, and the fourth option is 2018. Okay, to clarify, is this a working together yeah, situation, or a... are we competing right now? Your yeah. choice. Do you want to compete, or do you want to work together? I would like together? to compete. So to it's compete? a compete. Right. I yeah, don't okay. know any of the answers, right. so, so yes. Again, let's raise the stakes. First Thanksgiving, 1621, 1622, 1703, or 2018. Um, I'm going to say B. 1622, it's final a, answer, Zach. It's A. 
1621? The correct answer is A. It is 1621. (laughs) He Googled it before this. I'm so sure of it. (laughs) Did you? No. Mm -hmm. You're you're trying to Google something. So Zach has a 1-0 lead here. All right. We're into time for redemption with our second question. How long was the first Thanksgiving? Was it one day long, three days long, a week long, or it was just a meal? And this is the first official Thanksgiving. So how long was that? I feel like it was it wasn't a, just was a that? meal or a day thing. I feel like it was like a a mild party. So I'm gonna say a long weekend and uh, say it's three days. Three days, huh? 1621, how long was the first Thanksgiving? One day, three days, a week, or just a meal? Miranda? I'm also going to say three days. It was three days. Yeah, all right, all right. Miranda's still behind by a question. That's okay. But this one, I feel like you can both get again. Which parade is the oldest? Is it the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York, Uncle Dan's Thanksgiving Day Parade in Chicago, or America's Thanksgiving Day Parade in Detroit? Oh. Both are, or all three are over 80 years old, and the difference between the, f- the oldest parade and the second oldest parade is two years. Whoa. Okay. That's, That's dangerous. Around That's two unexpected. Years. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked to hear that Uncle Dan's has been around for 80 years. I'm shocked to hear this <laughs> Uncle Dan's at all. I don't know what that is. I'm surprised. I, I didn't know there was more than just <laughs> the one in New York. So um, I'm going to go with America's. I'm going to say the Macy's just because it's the biggest one and I feel like it's been going on the longest. So, Zach, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York. And that's your final answer. Miranda, you're looking pretty nervous over there. Are you going to lock in America's Thanksgiving Day Parade in Detroit? I feel like it has to be a red herring, so yes, I'm going with America's. If you get this wrong, you have to get the next two questions right, and Zach has to get the next two questions wrong. I'm locking it in. Are you ready for the answer? Yes. Well, Miranda, it was not the America's Thanksgiving Day Parade. (laughs) It was the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York. Yeah. Zach has a stingy three to one lead. We have two questions left. All right. Let's go. So what day is Thanksgiving in Canada? Oh my gosh, I Googled this. (laughs) A, is it year round because Canadians are so nice and always giving thanks? Is it B, November 22nd, the same as the United States? Is it C, November 2nd, or D, October 14th? Um, Zach, you'll go first. What is the correct answer? When is Thanksgiving in Canada? What was the October one again? October 14th. I'm going to say that's it because I know I'm pretty sure it's in October. You're pretty sure? It seems like an odd time for Thanksgiving. Yeah, but their winter comes earlier than ours, so they have to harvest their crops earlier. I think it's October. That's a very thoughtful (laughs) answer. Miranda, what are you saying? I'm also going to say October 14th. October 14th is the correct answer. But that technically means Zach wins. Do you give us a bonus question? Yeah, give us us an all or nothing. I can think of a... Okay, we'll do two more. So which president made Thanksgiving an annual holiday? Is it Washington, Lincoln, Taft, or Wilson? That being Woodrow Wilson, who has a lot less name cred than the other people. That's true. It's Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, Zach, he's feeling that. Miranda, what is your answer? I don't know. I'll go with I'll go with Woodrow Wilson. That is the worst option to choose. It is, it is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Zach, have you gotten one wrong yet? No. How? How do you know this I'm much about Thanksgiving? Slate. What is going on? Okay. Final one. And this is the thing that delayed the whole podcast because I didn't know presidents did this. We'll do this all or nothing. 
Whoever gets it right. This is what I think it is. I think I know it. Oh, no. Which of these presidents have never pardoned a turkey, either officially or unofficially? But there are reports that some of these presidents did, so it is factual. Okay. So the options we have are Ronald Reagan, Abraham Lincoln, John F. Kennedy, or John Adams. Which president never pardoned a turkey, all or nothing? He has to go first. No, you go first. No, you ah. have to go first. Because I'm going to talk through my reasoning. Okay, and Zach. I don't want you to steal my which answer. Which president has never pardoned a turkey? Is it Reagan, Lincoln, Kennedy, or Adams? Reagan. Miranda. I'm going to say Adams because I feel like they wouldn't have done the turkey pardoning that long ago. It doesn't make sense to me as a he cultural thing. He was the second president. Right. So In I feel case, like, I forgot. Yeah. So I feel like turkey pardoning would not have been like so, a cute phenomenon back then. Yeah. So just to get this all squared away, if Miranda's right and Zach's wrong, she wins. Zach, if you're right and Miranda's wrong, you win. The correct answer for the president who has never pardoned a turkey is John Adams. <laughs> yes! Damn. Underdog! Ha ha! I got all of them wrong except for that uh, one. Oh, Miranda <laughs> was definitely correct. That was not a thing people did. It wasn't yeah. until Abraham Lincoln's son kind of begged that they didn't kill the turkey he just saw. Aww. And then Lincoln's like, okay, maybe. It's been quite the uh, exciting day full of drama and heartbreak. But unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, disappear. But thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Chronicle Headlines. You can check out all these stories and more in our print edition available on campus, on our website, ColumbiaChronicle.com, and our additional coverage on social media. We are at CEC Chronicle on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and The Chronicle on Facebook and YouTube. Chronicle Headlines is made possible with the collaboration of the staff of The Columbia Chronicle and WCRX-FM, Chicago's Underground. Under the leadership of the Chair of the Communication Department of Columbia College Chicago, Suzanne McBride, I've been your host, Blaze Messa. Until next time.